Welcome to Management Matters, a National Academy of Public Administration podcast where policy meets practice. I'm Terry Gurton, President of the Academy. Today marks our 100th podcast episode, and we're so glad you've joined us on this journey. We thought this would be a great time to take a look at where the National Academy of Public Administration is and where it's going. Dave Winogren, the chair of the Academy's Board of Directors, will join me to share his thoughts. Dave is the CEO of ACT-IAC and an Academy Fellow. He has extensive leadership experience in information technology and change management, and he served in a number of senior positions in both the private and public sector. Dave, thanks for joining me today. Harry, it's wonderful to be here with you, and congratulations on the 100th episode of this awesome podcast. Exciting for us, and I'm really glad that you're here to kind of share your insider perspectives. But before we get there, I want to just chat a little bit about your career in public administration, because you've been in public, private, and nonprofit public administration organizations, and a lot of times people don't think about all of those sectors related to public administration. So what drew you to the field? It's an important thing because we'll talk a lot about that, about the the big circle of uh, contributors in this world of public administration. I suppose it's a story if you hang around town long enough, you end up getting to have lots of different adventures. But, you know, I started my career out of college in government, working for the Navy and the Department of Defense. And I think from my many years in government, I found that, uh, you know, the value and importance of public service was just such a wonderful thing and how important it was to have the right sort of public administration structures in place to ensure that dedicated civil servants, military personnel are both, I'll say, enabled and empowered to carry out the mission of service and deliver effective government results. The structures are just so important to have in place. And then for my time in industry, it reinforced the concept that we're used to using the Navy around total force. Or if you prefer, it takes a village. You know, So much of the business of government is carried out by those that are not directly employed by the government, private sector, academia, nonprofits. And the power of effective public administration is to engage all of those constituencies in the effective delivery of government services. So now as the CEO of a good government nonprofit, Like you, I get to spend each day putting those skills to work in bringing together government and industry leaders to collaborate on the top issues that face the federal government. So I'll just say what's not to love. And and every day is an opportunity to learn more about it. And so I I don't want to imply that you've been in the business for a long time, but you've seen some changes, right? How how has the field changed over your career from sort of entry level to now, you know, as the CEO of a nonprofit? I just feel like so much has changed. And I suppose every generation feels that way, that, you know, the world has changed at a more frenetic pace than ever before. And uh, and I don't go back quite all the ways to when dinosaurs roamed the earth. But, uh, but you know, I will just say there are definitely a couple of environmental changes that have had a big impact. And, and one of those is the ever-increasing role that technology plays in the way we live, work, and play. And I'll say the increasingly global nature of both our challenges and our solutions. And perhaps most germane to today's conversation is the recognition that complex problems increasingly require a great diversity of people, views, organizations, and ideas. Challenges span organizational boundaries. Simple problems that live within organizations have already been solved. And so effective public administration solutions inevitably engage federal, state, local, international, for-profit, not-for-profit communities. From pandemics to climate change, from inequality to national security issues, there's this imperative to expand the circle of engagement, I think, more so than ever before. 
Well, you're really talking there in my ears about the Academy's grand challenges in public administration, which pull that thread exactly, that no one organization anywhere on the public administration spectrum can own the total solution to these really big issues. And I love what you said, sort of the simple problems have already been solved. And now we've got the big ones. And ACT-IAC is an organization that helps to pull these pieces together. From your experience, what do you think the best practices are that help us bring all of those players to the table to address these big issues? Government doesn't have the capacity or the experience to do everything itself. Problems are just too big and too complex. There's a finite number of government employees. We are at our best, I think, when we engage great minds from government, industry, academia, and nonprofits to build solutions for the challenges that we face. And so I'll use the work of ACT-IAC as an example. The vast majority of the 90 plus billion dollar a year federal IT budget is spent by the private sector in support of the government. And government works better and is much more effective when it engages the best and brightest minds and seeks as much diversity in views and ideas as it can get, rather than imagining that, you know, we know all the answers ourselves and we're just going to hire a vendor to deliver what we thought we wanted. And, and so that's, you know, what act is all about. We bring together government and industry leaders to collaborate on the challenges that face the federal government and actually talk through and find the best ideas, the best technology solutions, the new business approaches, things that will drive effective mission outcomes. And so it's just like NAP in the sense of one of the strengths of nonprofits bring to the market is the ability to convene experts and to engage in a nonpartisan way that, as they say, transcend politics and focus on the big issues that will help create a better future. It's a real change from, I don't know, say 40, 50 years ago when government really was the big elephant in the room. Now there are other elephants that sort of have to dance together, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You've built a great foundation in this first exchange for where I want to go next, because I want to talk now more about Napa and start from your perspectives. I mean, we're not maybe as widely known as we'd like to be. And so how do we how do we change that perspective? So let's start with you. What did you know about the Academy when you first became a fellow in 2013? Well, you know, I had one advantage of being a government executive. And so, you know, that's like a close sphere of influence for the Academy. And so I had long admired, I'll say, both the work of the Academy and its amazing group of fellows, the great thinkers, people like who have extraordinary talents and actually get things done. It's a truly august group of people that I admire and respect. And so it was a tremendous honor to be asked to join that incredible fellowship. And uh, I'll say, help pick up the brush and paint an even brighter future for the government and for the academy. It's an amazing set of opportunities that being a fellow entails. And I've been able to chair a study panel, engage with standing panels, attend thoughtful conferences, participate in tailored engagements with government executives on important issues, nominate fellows, be on the fellows nominating committee, and now I have the great privilege of uh, serving as the chair of the board of directors. And I say all of that just because that's my map. And that's the beauty of the academy, that each fellow can choose their own map. So based on the time you have available at a point in your career, your personal passions, you could join a study panel, you could join a committee or a standing panel, you could attend an event. You can write an article, post on social media, roll up your sleeves, work on a grand challenge. There's just so many ways for fellows to engage. And I think that's like a really important message that you don't fully appreciate until you actually get involved in the Academy's work. Love that, that there's, it's really a tailored engagement for each person, depending on their time and their interest and, and how they want to give back. 
So from your chair position, you really have an insider's view of the academy. Can you talk a little bit for our listeners about the academy's mission and what it does best? Well, as, as you know better than anyone, we occupy a very unique space. We're one of two academies chartered by Congress with a goal to be the preeminent authority providing expert advice to government leaders in all spheres of public administration. You see this mission very clearly summarized in our new vision statement, a just, fair, and inclusive government that strengthens communities and protects democracy. And I think that our mission statement reminds us of the strengths that we bring to bear in that regard. And it says, uh, through the experience and expertise of our fellows and in partnership with other groups, we produce independent research and studies to advance the field of public administration and meet government's most significant challenges. That's a, that's a great rallying cry, I think, for the work of the Academy. You know, a lot of times people will just put Napa in the bucket of good government groups. From your perspective, what makes us different in that population? Well, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, is about the strength of our fellows and our reach. You know, I mean, that just really sort of sets us apart from other groups. We, we occupy a unique position. You know, we've got like, what, over 950 fellows. They, they represent all levels of government, academia, the private sector, the public sector, and the nonprofit world. And all those categories are important because all of those bring a perspective and a set of ideas that helps broaden our ability to deal with these big challenges. And we're all united by a great bond and passion for government solutions and public administration. But we're also unique in the services that we offer. I mean, we, we sort of like take on many forms, if you will. You know, we're, we're a think tank on uh, some of the most important issues facing government. You mentioned earlier the grand challenges, which I encourage anyone who's not closely following those to really learn more about those. They really are the top things that are, that are on top of mind for governments around the country and around the world. But we also provide outstanding consulting services, the studies that we do, the results that we deliver. You know, they're, they're addressing the top challenges in government today. And, and at its heart, it's a member-based association. So, I mean, so like each of those is a different lens and, and, you know, we could name a group that has each of those as their primary focus. But the fact that we have all those things together, I think really sort of sets us apart from other groups in the market. Well, and we forgot to mention our congressional charter. <laughs> yeah, it's one of only two. Congressional one charter. of only two. Yeah, absolutely. It sets us apart. And um, so in the, some of the things that you've just mentioned, the Academy is really looking forward. And under your chairmanship, Academy issued a new five-year strategic plan last November, stating the obvious. The world of 2022 is really different from the world of 2017 when the previous plan was issued. So what about our current national environment is particularly challenging for the Academy? I suppose this is the moment when we can say we'll have to be careful that we don't like it a little gloomy, but, uh, but it, you know, it is maybe at the most fundamental level, the pace of change around us just continues to accelerate. And, uh, and that, that just affects so much in our lives. And, and we also live in a world where trust in government and frankly, trust in each other continues to decline. And as I said, not to paint too gloomy a picture, but in a world of pandemics, highly polarized politics, global tensions, great uncertainty, Many of what I would call good government precepts that were perhaps a given for decades, you know, can no longer be taken for granted. And even truth seems to be up for grabs some days, which 
which also makes our mission even more important. And in terms of Napa's place in the world, it's a very competitive and changing marketplace. And I think if you're only sort of sitting on the periphery of Napa's work, you may not fully appreciate that. But being able to rise above the noise of a supercharged and fractured media market to bring attention to the work of the academy, to successfully compete in the market for government expertise, and even adjusting to the changing nature of, I'll say, philanthropy in the market and what, what it means to be involved in philanthropic efforts and what philanthropic groups are looking for when they want to contribute money. All of those things are changing. And so, you know, being a hopeless optimist, I'll just say that, you know, times of change are indeed times of opportunity. And that's why I think the new strategy that we've just, you know, laid out contains a very important message on how the Academy can build on its great reputation, build on its past successes, and really be boldly in place for the work that needs to be done going forward. Tell us a little bit about the particulars of this strategy. How is the new five-year strategy different from the one that preceded it? Well, I, I think it builds very nicely on the work of the last five-year strategy. If you, if you look back five or six years ago, we found ourselves in a position where the academy needed to rethink its operations and its finances. And so because of that, the last plan was rightfully focused on strengthening our internal operations. I'm delighted to report, and this is where I get to say it because you wouldn't, that under your outstanding leadership and, and the hard work of the incredible Napa staff, that we've made tremendous progress on those fronts. Enough so that we were able to have the luxury this time of creating a strategic plan that will indeed be more strategic, to look at what's next and a bigger focus on building partnerships, on building capacity, on expanding our reach and expanding our diversity. So inside that strategy, what prompted those changes? What prompted that focus um, within the strategy on partnerships and and building those kinds of collaborative relationships? I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. I think it's a combination of the changing world we find ourselves in, the pandemic, racial justice, social equity, looming global problems. You know, you couple that with the progress that we made internally on addressing our previous goals in the last strategic plan on improving internal operations and creating a strong, secure financial foundation. I mean, if you take all those things together, you know, it's created a great moment now for us to offer new goals that boldly face this world that we find ourselves in and the initial successes of our grand challenges work. So what are the, which of those goals or which of those strategies gets you most excited as the chair of the board? Well, you know, I'm easily excited. So I, you know, I get I get pretty enthusiastic about this. I, I think that the board, the staff, the whole team put together a great strategy to, to lead us forward going forward. Uh, some of the things I'm most excited about, I think it's this idea of this big tent that the new plan offers. There's something for everyone that's involved in the academy, both for our existing fellows and to continue to attract and retain new fellows to increase our diversity, increase our capacity. I love the vision around justice, fairness, inclusion, and performance, and the priority that we place on building partnerships to expand our reach. I think that's an important next step for us as an organization, but maintaining the values that we hold so dear, excellence, independence, integrity, innovation, and inclusion. And, you know, there's five goals, and and they're loosely around equity, engaged and active fellows, collaborative partnerships, excellent research and reports, and optimized internal operations. So there is literally something for everyone who wants to get involved in the Academy's work. One of the things I love about the way the new plan is framed is this look five years ahead, which is when our country will celebrate a pretty big birthday. And when we think about where we are today, and we look forward to 
you know, any kind of birthday party is a happy event. I, I think it really sets a, a path for the Academy on where our contributions can be most valuable, most impactful. And what we want five years from now is, is a really different kind of culture and conversation from what you mentioned in terms of the, the environment today. So I'm with you. It, it gets me pretty excited. <laughs> It does. I mean, I really, you know, I can't imagine any fellow couldn't find something that ignites the fire of why they wanted to be a fellow of the National Academy in that plan. Yeah, and there's a lot for people to align with. Are there any particular things that you would want to share from your perspective about this plan that are really important steps that the Academy and the fellows need to take or be engaged in to be successful? Well, I think, you know, communication and outreach. They don't sound quite as sexy as grand challenges, but but they really are important. And it's all of our jobs to help. We've got to build greater awareness. We, we, as we've talked about a couple of times now, we have this unique position as being chartered by Congress. But, you know, members and staff change frequently. Members of the executive branch changes. Administrations change. And so this building greater awareness and maintaining greater awareness, I'll say from Congress to the executive branch, to state and local governments across the nation, to build new partnerships with other organizations, to help find those new fellows who will carry on and build on the great body of work. We have to all, all fellows have to help amplify the message about the good work that the Academy does, the outstanding results that we deliver. It's going to take, and I'll also just say, because we don't often talk about this enough, because we just get people inspired by that message about why this work in public administration is so important, but you know, you got to pay the bills. And so it takes an increasing portfolio of funded projects. It takes increased philanthropic giving to make sure that we can do this important work. Uh, let's follow up on that for a minute, because the Academy is kind of a small organization, but we have this huge mission. You talked a little bit about resources, but it's financial is a big piece of it. Are there other aspects of resources that it takes to pull all of these ambitious goals together? Yeah, I feel like there's been this recurring theme that, you know, it takes many hands pulling together. And, and if we only looked at one subset, we, we will miss the opportunity to be all that we could possibly be. And you're right, NAPA is a relatively small organization, but it does have an incredibly large reach has incredible intellectual capacity. And part of the magic is how we can work in that broader ecosystem to make a difference. And so if I sort of like did the ripples of the pond once you toss the pebble in, you know, of course it starts with our fellows and our staff, right? I mean, this is, we bring this expertise, but not only the personal expertise we have, but all the people that we know and all of those other people that they can then engage with creating this bigger and bigger network. And, and then it expands out from there to include our partners, those extended networks, that complementary capacity that partnerships can bring to bear that will give us even more reach and more capacity than we would on our own. And, uh, and then, you know, through faculty and students at our academic institutions, they can help bring content to bear to help shape curriculums for the future, provide internal opportunities. And, and of course, you know, donors. I mean, this is the key to expanding our impact, you know, nonprofit. But our funded work does a good job of providing a strong foundation, but it's only through additional giving on the part of fellows and on the part of others who care desperately about the work that we're doing that we're going to be able to pursue the full body of work that's in the plan, the full body of work that's in the grand challenges, and make the difference that I know we can make. I love your enthusiasm, and it's been a pleasure for me to work with you positioning NAPA to drive forward on this strategy. But I have uh, one last question for you. If you were leaving a note in the desk drawer for the next board chair, 
what would you want that person to know? Well, I'll say, you know, it has been a joy to work with you, Terry. You're just an outstanding individual. And, and like the entire rest of the Napa team, we're, we're just so fortunate to have such a great team leading this work. And so I've enjoyed every minute of being the board chair and partnering with you on, on that and continue to look forward to working with you going forward. If I was going to leave a note, I guess it would say something like um, the strength of Napa is its extraordinary fellows. You've got a collection of hundreds of the most talented and knowledgeable leaders in the world. The promise of Napa is in the unique position in which it operates. It's chartered by Congress. It's appreciated by agencies across government. And the hope of Napa rests in the incredible staff and the outstanding leader that we have as new as our president and CEO. So my advice would be to do everything that you can to support Terry and her team and know when to lean in to help create new opportunities and to know when to get out of the way and let the team and the academy spread their wings and soar into the future. That vision. Thank you so much. And thanks for your energy and your commitment to the organization. And thanks for joining us on the podcast today to help us celebrate 100 episodes. Looking forward to 100 more. Absolutely. 100 more. Thanks.